0: For years, the best podcasters from around the world have gathered to review, reminisce, and riff on popular franchises. They've assembled Earth's mightiest superheroes, busted their fair share of ghosts, unplugged from the Matrix, I know Kung Fu, kept a watchful eye on Gotham City, ...discovered the secrets of Jurassic Park... ...and other audio adventures. But there were some movies that didn't make the cut. From the creators of Podcasters Assemble comes a movie hype series hosted by a motley crew of talent. He's just out there <laughs>
1: delivering presents, free-balling it.
2: Fucking <laughs> <buying? laughs>
0: getting filled up. Oh,
3: man, the this is a scandal waiting to happen.
0: Yeah. <laughs> what a king. Yeah. Podcasters disassemble. Ah,
4: yes, the holidays upon us. Maybe not the holiday you're thinking of, but here we are approaching Halloween. And we chose uh, maybe a Halloween movie, maybe a Thanksgiving movie, a Christmas movie, <laughs> a D- D- Disney movie, that I know. Uh, Podcasters Disassembled with The uh, Nightmare Before Christmas. My name is Zach from Podcasters Assemble and Disassembled and all the other stuff that you tolerate me doing. Joined again by the lovely... Eric Slater. Hello, Eric. What's this? What's this? It's a podcast, <laughs> Eric. Oh, all right. Uh, yeah, yeah. Hey, glad we've, to be back. We've done this once before, maybe. <laughs> once or twice. We also have some great special guests with us. Who are they, Eric? Uh, so yeah, today
3: I'm excited to say we're joined by Eric Resniak and Bob uh from the Great Pop Culture Debate. Uh, and they joined us previously on our episode for uh, Indiana Jones the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Um, And their podcast is an absolute delight. I highly recommend it. Uh, Definitely check out the Lord of the Rings episode with Zach. Uh, They've also got 80s cartoons, Star Trek, Kaiju, like pretty much everything in pop culture. They've covered it and it's always a good time.
5: Yeah. Thank you for having us. Um, I was going to make a joke. We have a podcast, but we do. We have a podcast. Um, We're excited <laughs> to be guesting on yours. And um, I, I'm going to hand it over to Disney Bob Erlenbach, who's kind of uh, the Ed McMahon to my Johnny Carson over on the Great Pop Culture. Hey,
1: oh, hey, oh.
4: So, yeah.
1: Well, thanks for having us. Yes, we tolerate Zach sometimes also on our podcast and occasionally. Yeah, maybe Eric Slater (laughs) will have to come at some point, too. Absolutely. (laughs) Definitely. But we are a a debate podcast where we take a a topic from a public poll that we put on our website. Um, We take the results of that poll, build them into a bracket and debate them down. Um, kind of March Madness style that's a sports reference for those sports folks out there that's not me but sports? Um, I got the sports got that ball <laughs> um, we <laughs> kind of bo- we just debate them down amongst a panel of usually four or five people typically four um, where we just um, as we say and Eric will say is we just you know insult each other all for your amusement and we're mm-hmm savage to one another sometimes and you know like on the boy band episode I recommend that one too <laughs> it nearly
5: ended a 30year friendship that's not an exaggeration yeah really yeah, yeah. it was intense
4: I because yeah, so I've weird. heard some of the episodes where you really get am animated and you're re- every, we're all really passionate when we're talking we're arguing um and sometimes it's hard to tell i I don't think it's a bit that's that is emotion coming out but I didn't realize it got that heated
5: Oh, it gets very intense. And so um, I- I'm a homosexual. And it's part of my culture to to speak <laughs> with my hands and to get very animated. Uh, and so yeah, there have definitely been multiple episodes with multiple panelists where things get uh, very intense. But then we kiss and we make up a letter uh, later. It's a one big happy dysfunctional family.
1: You know, uh, not to keep plugging us too, but Zach, you were on it. I had um, some very strong emotions during our kaiju episode. So I yes, think you I did, and very <laughs> very I a
4: hundred percent understand that. Yeah,
1: yeah,
3: mm-hmm. <laughs> that's a touchy subject for <laughs> some of us.
4: It <laughs> it, w- it was a great episode. Go listen to mm-hmm. it. I I had a lot of fun on there. I have fun every time I'm on with you guys, and there's so many great, like like Eric touched on pop culture. Uh, just topics that you oh, yeah. dive into. And you've got a bunch of stuff on Patreon because you start with like thir- sometimes 30 something.
5: Yeah. So most of the episodes start with the top 32, and those are decided by the public polls. Usually we get between. 100 votes sometimes we get 500 600 votes and so we take the the top 32 answers we start from that and then uh, kind of distill it down via arguments to the top 16 and then our public episodes pick up at the 16 and, and go to the ultimate number one when, and then we have the people responding to us on social media about the many ways in which we were wrong which I love because right. it's all about starting discussion it's never like yes we say we pick the ultimate winner but the truth is it's really just about celebrating all this amazing pop culture out there which is you know what we're here to talk about as well an amazing film uh that has lasted the the test of time
4: and honestly if it's just an echo chamber it's not always that interesting correct you want differences of opinions you, yes. you want to have that yeah
5: and there are a couple of panelists we have who are uh deliberately there for that purpose so yeah,
1: oh, yeah. <laughs> i'm just being contrarian
4: is an, <laughs> often, an often term um often used term yeah I'm usually the instigator. I think I'm called. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I'm I'm a professional asshole. That's mm. what I try to pain in the ass. That's a professional pain <laughs> in the ass. That's what I've been called.
5: And pain but, in the ass is really just recreational for me. But I, I hear you. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> oh, wow. <clears throat> uh,
4: yeah, so, I love you guys. This is going to be a fun episode. Definitely.
5: Uh, so
3: so real quick. Um, speaking of um, like like emotion uh, about movies. Um, a lot of people had some beef with me on the last one what? For,
2: <laughs> no. uh,
3: for not for not absolutely loving Mars attacks. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of our listeners, uh, you know, they, they had some choice words. And apparently one of those <laughs> happened to be Bob is here. Uh, so I guess we'll, we'll give you the floor for a second to talk about uh, your love for that
1: movie. Yeah, we talked again. Shameless plugs. We did a, a best term Tim Burton move, movie movie. Um, bracket we did a we did a debate on this um and it was my choice to do that debate he's one of one of my favorite directors creators um with most of what he does there are some absolute flops in the mix but mars (laughs) attacks i don't feel is one of them and we do talk about mars attacks with all of its you know uh, problems and you know there are some problematic points to it but all in all i think it's a lot of fun um i agree that there is a mean spirit i think to it but there's a mean spirit (laughs) to me sometimes as well. (laughs) So um, maybe I relate um, to that a little bit. No, just kidding. But I really love it. I think it's a great movie. There are absolutely problems with it. Like specifically, you guys very much call it out in the episode regarding the, do the
3: do the martians have two sexes like we do yeah, <laughs> like that is like so that, that, that was crazy back then it, yeah. yeah
1: it is not something you can get away with and we shouldn't have been able to get away with it at the time either but um we didn't have the language back then also but true anyway
5: In- in Eric's defense, I would say Mars Attacks was not well received when no. it came out. <laughs> I'm old enough to remember and saw it in the theaters, and it was panned by critics and was not successful at the box office. So you are not alone on that hill, Eric. I just want to make that clear.
3: <laughs> it's just kind of funny because, like, I'm usually the one that loves like the crappiest of movies that we watch. Like, Zach's like, really? And uh, I'd, for whatever reason, that one didn't hit, but that's, you know, that's kind of a rarity for me. Yeah, Come you, through,
5: but, Eric's with terrible but, takes. I love it. You, yeah, you, That's what yeah it sounds it's like when Dobbs cry. Yeah,
1: you put <laughs> Sylvia Sidney in what was her final performance? I do oh. believe listening to Slim Whitman. I think it was. It, was, right? it was Slim Whitman. <laughs> like yeah. give me that all yeah. day long. You yeah. know my caseworker. <laughs> <laughs> so
3: I will say I have new appreciation for it. Yeah, after after that episode. Um, but I do think it's funny that we talked about Tim Burton's Mars attacks last time where we said, where I said that, you know, it would have been better if they used stop motion instead of CG. Uh, so Mm -hmm. it's, you know, uh, kind of, kind of interesting that we just so happen to be talking about this one today.
4: Yeah. Wait, is this, is this a Tim Burton stop motion film? (laughs)
3: <laughs> kind of sorta of. it's I... burn adjacent right no idea <laughs> it's literally called tim, tim burton's yeah the <laughs> nightmare before christmas
1: <laughs> they just thought it had a certain ring to it yeah, so. <laughs> yeah
4: and which is uh when we were going back and forth between the different uh, films to talk about we you know this came up in conversation and we said you know what it was released in 93 it's 2023 it's a milestone year let's talk about this because you know we'll have another christmas movie we're going to talk about but we could work this into halloween without a problem
2: oh yeah
0: What's this? What's this? There's color everywhere. What's this? There's white things in the air. What's this? I can't believe my eyes. I must be dreaming. Wake up, Jack! This is a What is this? Haven't you heard of peace on earth and goodwill toward men? No. <laughs> Touchstone Pictures presents the enchanting story of two very special dreamers. And the holiday spirit that brought them together. From the imagination of Tim Burton comes The Nightmare Before Christmas.
2: And what did Santa bring you, honey?
4: (laughs) So for those of you, I don't know who, has not seen Tim Burton's The Nightmare Before Christmas, the... Short synopsis is the film follows the misadventures of Jack Skellington, Halloween Town's beloved pumpkin king, who has become bored with the same annual routine of frightening people in the real world. And then Jack accidentally stumbles upon Christmas Town. All bright colors, warm spirits, and he gets a new lease on life. He plots to bring Christmas under his control by kidnapping Sandy Claus and taking over the role. But Jack soon discovers that even the best laid plans of mice and skeleton men can go seriously (laughs) awry. Did
1: did you write that? No. Okay.
5: <laughs> no, I did not. I appreciated the Sandy Claus shout out. <laughs> oh, yeah.
4: I did ed- edit some of that, and Sandy Claus was one of them. But no, I did not write all that. Okay. Thank you for thinking so highly. Strike that. Ever if I read something that's good, nope, didn't write it. Don't worry. <laughs> so one thing
3: I think we should we should point out right away is that even though this might be the most Tim burden movie ever made, he didn't actually direct it. Correct. He's a yep. big part of it, but like uh, it's directed by Henry Selick, mm-hmm. who's also known for Coraline and James and the Giant Peach.
4: Yeah. James is another one that I actually have never seen. I remember seeing all the trailers for it when it came out. Uh, and it was after this film, I think it was after this film and it was yes. Oh, Hey, look yeah. another, for me, this is, I think one of the first stop motion movies I saw. I remember the mm-hmm. Rankin and Bass Christmas specials and all those, but oh, this is my course. first like sit down, like fully, uh, you know, stop motion, which for Disney was a little bit different.
1: Yeah. James and the giant peach was not nearly as good as it should have been. Um, and that one, Jack Skellington is in it though for a brief yeah. moment are really?
5: you talking about yeah a cameo based on yeah. the uh source material you're talking about bob it should have been yeah. better based on yeah it the book have is one mentioned. of my
1: favorites yeah the book is great the The movie itself should have been a little bit better and i think also it, it's funny you know you mentioned henry selick being the director of nightmare before christmas and, and zach obviously referencing this as a disney film it was a touchstone picture when it came out it was not a disney right. picture
4: because and i disney decided to pass it down due to i think the content yeah they were worried mm-hmm. about being too scary so yep. they said all right well sister subsidiary touchstone will actually uh handle it
1: yeah and now it's a cash cow for them mm-hmm. yeah and i was gonna right. say
5: bob you're our, our resident disney expert I, I, they've completely integrated this in halloween into the actual theme parks like it's it's, oh, it's part of awesome. their the the haunted mansion correct
1: they do it in Disneyland. They do a whole layover of the Haunted Mansion to include all of this um, Nightmare Before Christmas stuff, and they do a Halloween party at each of the parks. and It's Oogie Boogie's Bash at Disneyland, and it's Mickey's Not So Scary Halloween Party at Disney World. But it all it has all the music. Um, Jack Skellington hosts like the the fireworks show. It's it's very integrated into what they are now. That's awesome.
3: I got to I, I I really got to check that out one of these days. Um, I've always been a fan of Disney, uh, but I remember being surprised that this was technically a Disney movie because back when this came out, Disney movies were a very specific thing. Um, but now, you know, it's, it's a whole different world. Now we have pirates of the Caribbean, star Wars, Marvel movies are all technically Disney movies now. So, you know.
5: When this came out, you were in the middle of the kind of Disney animation rena- uh, renaissance, right? And mm-hmm. you said a whole yeah, new Lion world. King and yeah, very Beauty literally, a whole new world, Aladdin. Um, yeah. So they were very much in that lane of, and they were not strictly girl leaning films, but that was, mm-hmm. I think, a lot of the market share, which is why they went for pirates and Marvel, et cetera, to get some more gender parity in the picture. Um, But yeah, this was, they were very squeaky clean at that point. Uh, Mm. Disney in the nineties was like, honey, I shrunk the kids, right? It was not uh, this.
3: Yeah. But um,
5: you know, we'll, we'll have
3: to, we'll have to do a whole season on Disney one of these days. Um, But yeah, that's a whole conversation for another day. I just wanted to touch on it.
1: (laughs) Yeah.
4: So this came out back in October, uh, October 13th of 1993, limited release. And then at the end of on the 29th, it was uh, United States wide. Uh, When was the first time that you saw this uh, Eric Slater?
3: Oh, um, definitely as a kid. And I remember it scaring the crap out of me the first time I (laughs) saw it. I was probably too young for it but um it it stuck with me and it was one of those things like where i was like i'm gonna i'm gonna watch it again i don't know i had this thing where like if something scared me i had to like you know like figure out what it was about it like i don't know confront confront that fear and eventually i kind of became obsessed with it like this and like a bunch of other tim Burton movies that like really freaked me out the first time i saw them um but yeah i i freaking love this movie i've seen it so many times
4: Mm -hmm. yep what about you
5: eric resniak so it's interesting. Um, uh, my earliest memory of this movie is I'm a big comic nerd. And I recall at the time, every comic book had ads for this movie. It was like oh. constantly like uh, astroturfed. You could not open a comic book without a Nightmare Before Christmas ad. <laughs> I don't think I saw it in the theater. Bob, correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think we saw it because at that point mm. we were friends.
1: We did not see it in the theater together, but I I did see it in the theater. But I'll let you finish your experience.
5: (laughs) Yeah, Um, I I would. This was mid high school for me, and I'm pretty sure I was either too poor or too much of a loser to see it in the in the theater. Um, So I'm pretty sure at that point it would have been VHS, not DVD. So I'm pretty sure watched it first on VHS, probably from Blockbuster. And I thought it was very charming from from the get go. But um, yeah, I'll pass it over to Bob.
1: Did you get that, everyone? He's old. VHS. <laughs> oh, yeah. Blockbuster video. Uh, yeah. Blockbuster video. I still have my card. But anyway, um, I saw this in October of 1993. I saw it, the, I, I believe, within probably the first few weeks, if not the the first week that it came out. It was something that I anticipated, was excited to see. I'm a big Tim Burton fan. I saw Beetlejuice when I was, I think I would have been 10 at the time it, scared the crap out of me and i questioned life after death with my parents after that movie it was very it was very interesting conversation but anyway right. um so i was a very much in the tim burton pocket and you know for me just this is my jam animation very unique style the i wasn't really a goth kid by any stretch and you know i was <laughs> no. very much a nerd but um, but it was very like the weird goofy off the wall zany like weird angles and colors like it was just very much my thing i i wasn't very i wasn't going to you know stick to um disney was too but i wasn't going to stick to just just that mainstream stuff I, I really loved the the visual style and the look of this so it was something i was very excited about so i saw it back then with a with a couple friends that weren't eric um because he was probably hanging out with wannabe rappers at the time i'm not sure but <laughs> that's an I mean... inside joke
3: sorry everybody <laughs> I'm convinced that this movie is the reason I became a goth kid after this. (laughs) I think there's
5: truth to that. It is a gateway Mm -hmm. drug. I think there were like, would we have had the scene of the early two thousands? If the nightmare before Christmas did not exist for tweens who were like, I can be that
1: sad girl. Like, honestly, (laughs) It yep. built an entire retail establishment of Hot Topics. It <laughs> it did. You're right. That is so true.
5: That and Avril Lavigne 100% copy and pasted before copy and paste even existed. The Nightmare Before Christmas. You know it.
4: <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, thinking back, I I can't remember if I did see this in theaters. Uh, I know that we owned it because it came in the big uh plastic super large container like most disney and kid uh, video boxes did took up so much space my parents hated a
1: clamshell it's a clamshell
4: but i love those things and uh yes i'm old i had vhs's i still do in my basement i don't know what i'm doing with them but there they are uh and i i remember loving this film and just being enthralled with watching stop animation Mm -hmm. like of this quality rudolph and all again the ranking ambassador i would see every year it was impressive but not to this level you know this This to me was this was mind-blowing for me to see stop animation at this point or you know you know even going as back as like king kong where you look at that stop animation go it's rough by our standards now but at the time it was oh my goodness Mm -hmm. look at this giant gorilla yeah super impressive for the 30s i
5: I was going to say that if you think about it has there been any other movie come that's come out since that has moved stop animation forward even more than this Coraline and james the giant peach we mentioned but i don't think they were the quantum leap that this was compared to anything that came before it
1: i think guillermo del toro's pinocchio is is as far as we've gotten and it's He's, de- he's definitely Forgot playing still that. with the form a little bit, but it doesn't push it much farther by any stretch. And I've only seen a small amount of that movie, but that's a, that's we don't get a lot of stop motion like this at all. Give me Gumby, damn bit. But- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I used to love Gumby.
5: <laughs> we, we loved Gumby.
3: Um, Real quick about stop motion. Does Kubo and the two strings count or was that partially CG? Because oh, that was know. pretty, at least the, the animation part of it was really good, I thought yeah it's a great question i don't don't know know
1: if it is or not wallace and gromit would fall into this category yeah i don't know as though that's pushing the envelope at all it's just very good animation yeah yeah
4: well let's see we had uh, i'm looking up a lot of a list of uh stop motion uh 2000 we had fantastic mr fox
5: Mm. Mm, that's right that one is it's a great movie uh
4: 999 from 2009 i never saw that nope
5: don't know what that is it was kind of
4: uh weird. in 2003 there was a pilot film for a series called K- kura kura and friends uh that was in <laughs> korea um i don't know if i've seen that one since 2009 stop motion successors have released feature films uh but they're not really stop motion well box trolls oh,
2: so, i've yeah, heard, box heard trolls. of box yeah trolls. it yeah. is
4: it's stop motion 2014 uh Kubo and The Two Strings, and The Missing Link is the last one listed. 2019, The Missing oh, no. Link.
5: There you
1: go. Okay. Yeah, I, I think they all still go in the same lane as this movie, though, right? Like, I don't think that it's a huge leap for any of those films that I can think of off the top of my head. And and people can totally drag me in the comments if you if you so desire. Like, Bob, you asshole, this picture is fantastic, and you didn't give it credit, <laughs> but whatever.
4: I haven't seen any of them, so I can't really say <laughs> uh how they how they stack up if there is a wow look how much further they've gone from from nightmare i'm sure if you watch them like maybe the editing's a bit cleaner you know mm-hmm. maybe they, mm-hmm. they have a little bit more range uh with you know facial options especially where one is a skeleton mm. uh yeah <laughs> maybe but uh I, I don't know how much for it. i won't know until i go watch i guess missing link which would be the most recent one from 2019 <laughs> I will
3: say that this one, like, stop-motion-wise, holds up extremely really well. well. Mm-hmm. Like, like, if you look at, like, the early CG movies from, like, just a couple years later, like, Toy Story and stuff, like, those... I mean, the stories are still great, but the animation hasn't aged well at the, all.
4: The first toy Story, you go back and watch, you go, up. Oh, this is this is the first one you yeah, can too. tell. But even Uncanny by the
3: valley all over the place. Yeah, <laughs> but you see
4: a big jump after the next in the next few yeah. films, you see that Pixar oh, yeah. started to hit their stride and went, oh, all right. right, this is this is our wheelhouse this is what we've got going on. Uh, and they've and they've become beautiful films. Mm-hmm. You know, Pixar has created su- such beautiful landscapes. Um, but that's Pixar, season, Pixar films—that's a whole other conversation that we will get. <laughs> yes, it is. So, taking a look at our cast for uh, Nightmare Before Christmas, we have Chris Sarandon is the speaking voice for Jack Skellington. Danny Elfman, the man, the myth, the legend himself, who did uh, music, also is the singing voice for Jack uh elfman also voices barrel one of the trick-or-treaters wow. for oogie boogie uh and the clown with the tearaway face mm.
5: that's, that's crazy, crazy. I, yeah it's actually wow. a very small that cast for this mind. film and when i was re-watching it for this i was just like oh there's katherine o'hara again because she's not only sally she's oh. also whatever the girl of the, of the, the trio of goons is so- has- oh okay i could see that uh, yeah. stock Stock. And as soon yeah, as she stock. talked, I was like, well, there's Catherine O'Hara again. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a very small voice cast. It's, it's only, uh, I think, maybe a dozen people total for the whole film.
4: Uh, I'm, I mean, of the main people there, yeah, there's not many. You, you got Catherine o- uh, O'Hara. She's a toxicologist who, is, uh, who has feelings for Jack. <laughs> William Hickey is Dr. Finkelstein, the mad scientist, the father of Sally. Uh, Glenn Shaddix is the mayor of Halloween Town. I love him. Otho
1: from Beetlejuice. He's like the shark. Yes.
4: Uh, he's
3: like the mayor from Jaws. Yeah,
4: C- kind of. You know, the mayor from, <laughs> from Jaws. But uh, you you do see quite a few people from Beetlejuice here because mm-hmm. Tim Burton likes to utilize people that mm-hmm. that he okay. sees potential in, and he likes how he they definitely, work. He definitely finds muses.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: Uh, we got Ken Page as Oogie Boogie. Uh, Ed Ivory is Santa Claus. Uh, Paul Rubens Locke. Uh, the, the oh. third of the tricksters that worked for Oogie Boogie. And of course, the man who's in every <laughs> fucking movie as every animal ever from 1970 to today, Frank goddamn Welker. He, <laughs> he is Zero, Jack's pet ghost Are dog. you serious? Yes. Wow. For, uh, Alan Tudyk is the new Frank Welker. It's yes. true. Oh, That's 100%. I and I, and I, love yeah. Al, I love me some Alan Tudyk, but I also love me some Frank Welker.
1: Frank yep. Walker yep. was in Mars Attacks. Yes, <laughs> yes
2: he yes, was, right?
4: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's what he did. It's All so right. Good.
4: So, getting into the film, our plot, our lovely, uh, lovely, lovely film here, we open up in the world of Halloween Town. Well, actually, first we see the holiday trees and a little narration, um, which side note, I didn't realize this, but uh, for a prologue and an epilogue in one version, Patrick Stewart recorded a narration oh, for it.
1: Huh, wow. That's it is
4: included on the soundtrack to the album, although not in the film. Wow, wow that's interesting. Yeah. I also um, love me some Patrick Stewart.
5: Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, are, are we talking about the prologue right now? Because there was something I noticed in the most recent viewing that I was like, oh, sure. that's interesting. Go ahead. Am I crazy or am I stupid that I never realized this before? I think the scarecrow in the very beginning, the first thing you see in this film is actually Jack.
1: Yes, yes, it is.
5: I never oh. realized that until this time because when he comes into the parade into Halloween Town, he oh. is the scarecrow. He sets himself on fire. Yes, and jumps into. I never realized that until now.
4: Yeah, we go through. We see the uh, we see the trees, and then we go right to Halloween to- Town. And then we have this is Halloween well, song.
3: One is more it- note about the trees. You yes. see different holidays. Yes, we I do. always thought that was super clever. Like, we don't really go to a lot of these places, obviously, but just the fact that they exist, you know, is kind of neat. I like the world building there.
4: I was going to bring them up uh, when Jack gets to him, but why not now? Um, so the holiday trees, we have Christmas, Easter, Thanksgiving, uh, Independence Day, I'm guessing, Valentine's Day and St. Patrick's Day. Uh, so since Jack... From Halloween Town scares people in the real world, and Santa Claus from Christmas Town uh, cr- delivers presents to people in the real world. You would tend to think that these trees are just forms of transportation within the world to the different towns of the holidays. Correct?
5: Yes, that's how yes. I interpret. Yeah,
3: like a
4: teleporter. Yeah. Would kind of. w- would we guess that each? uh is each town have their own set of trees is that it works yeah probably huh because they'd have to, they'd have to like. walk to somewhere in the middle where this grove of trees are and then they'd be able to go to wherever they wanted to but mm-hmm. i doubt that christmas and halloween town and valentine's town are all equally dispersed from this cool. grove of trees who
1: lives in fourth of july town <laughs> uncle sam, <laughs> uncle
4: sam a, a giant eagle with fireworks strapped to its ass uh hot dogs
5: sure. just just hot, hot dogs, dogs hot. as people
3: uh. the metaphorical version of george george washington yes exactly in, you know? with oh,
1: wooden I, teeth I, yes, I, <laughs> yes
3: just chopping that cherry tree yeah
5: exactly <laughs> from the first time i watched this movie it was like okay well when are we getting like the nightmare before easter when are we getting the nightmare <laughs> before thanksgiving so day? many possibilities so many po- like where's the Long nightmare Sunday. before <laughs> arbor day the <laughs> nightmare before <laughs> daylight savings time where he changes places <laughs> with share like yeah, how bitter. did disney not mind this ip i'm very confused
1: they did ah. want to make a sequel, but Whoa. Tim Burton, he pushed back pretty hard on it. I'm I'm, I'm surprised he had the ability to do so because it very much has his name on it. I'm very curious as to the ownership of the property. And it is a Disney, like how much does Disney own versus him? Because they, the rumor is that Disney very much wanted to create it, but he's like, no, this is a one thing. This is perfect the way it is. It's, you know, hmm. he didn't want it and he pushed back. And I respect that. Yeah, me yeah. too.
5: Back in I'm the 90s now, when right? Tim Burton actually had some type of creative right? uh, spine and, and like wasn't just selling like, oh, live action Dumbo, you'll pay me how much? Sure. Like, come on.
4: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, after we wrap up going through the story and the plot, I want to come back to that point of a sequel. Because uh, I, ha- I I I want to go down a rabbit hole with you guys, if that's okay. Is it the tree with the egg on
1: it? A rabbit hole. I, I was
4: going <laughs> to say. Thank
5: you. I see you're getting at. Nice.
4: Uh, so jumping back into the story, uh, Jack Skellington, who is is the uh, scarecrow, uh, lights himself on fire, comes out of the uh, not pond the. Uh, what is
5: cauldron, it?
4: Cauldron? Cauldron. Fountain?
5: Yeah, fountain. fountain. There we go. Thank you.
4: Yeah. Uh, everyone is infatuated with Jack, yeah. like creepily infatuated <laughs> with him. He's like, no, 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 we're good. Uh, I don't want to come over. Um, just leave me alone. <laughs>
5: <For> <laughs> a skeleton- I'm sorry. Go ahead.
4: I, was gonna say, I didn't really pick up on that as a kid, but now watching no, it as an adult, it's like, right oh, damn.
5: Him. Oh, yeah. Like the witch's throw. Yes. Yeah, the creature. from the Black Lagoon was like all about it. Mm-hmm. He definitely has big like dick energy for a skeleton. Big I will say that.
1: Wounds <laughs> ooze and flesh crawl. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes. Oh
2: man.
4: Uh, then we we see Sally who is the, you know, Frankenstein type ish uh, monster. Uh, She ends up being confronted by Dr. Finkelstein, her creator. And uh, we learn that she can escape by removing her appendages and running away and then is still in control, either in control of her appendages or her appendages are in control themselves because then they start smacking the doctor on the head thank goodness
1: there is not a ragdoll male character because I'm not sure what appendages we'd be removing in that oh, scenario. Wow. But... Good yeah.
4: Oh, good God.
1: Uh, I do want, I want to point out for, for the listeners at home. If you, if you don't realize while you're watching this, the Dr. Finkelstein, William Hickey is also uncle Lewis from Christmas vacation with <sighs> Bethany and uncle Lewis. You couldn't hear a dump truck going
4: through That's a nitroglycerin right. plant. Yes, he is. That was a very
5: good impression of him. That was dead on. <laughs> that was yeah.
4: good. Oh, God, I hated his character. He did it so well. I hated his character. Yes, he yeah. he played it so well. The he blessing.
1: The blessing. Yeah. <laughs>
3: I I do love this whole opening because we kind of get like a who's who of Halloween, you know, zombies, skeletons, vampires, witches, jack-o-lanterns. We even get a mad scientist. So like I love all of that.
5: Also, the song really is a bop. Time. Like mm-hmm. this yeah. is Halloween is giving. Like it's terrific. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, and I for the like incidental uh, instant what do you call them? incidental characters, I love the the trio of vampires. They're very like yeah. arch and like kind of <laughs> Very precise, like they're yep. all coordinated. They're hilarious. And
4: yeah. they're all different. They're all unique. Yep. Um one thing I I picked up on again as an adult, uh, you know, they have a, a werewolf there, but in yeah. my mind I'm going, Well, he's a werewolf all the time. He's not a werewolf, he's a dog man. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. There's a difference. There is. Uh, this is where we learn that Jack is, you know, he's he's stuck. He, he's sick of the same old thing. He's lost interest in Halloween. He's just going through the motions. We see a little bit more of S- Sally watching Jack. He wanders off into the woods and she ends up grabbing some herbs from the uh, graveyard, as as you do, uh, before you return home. The next day, our mayor shows up at Jack's house to discover that he's missing and that Jack has been walking so long. This is where we are reintroduced to our grove of trees, where we get a little bit more of a look at the different trees that are around. Um, while he's infatuated with the Christmas tree, he opens it up and then is magically sucked inside and transported to Christmastown, which I kept calling North Pole. But here it is <laughs> Christmas Town.
1: Yes, that it is.
4: For me, I love this song. Yeah what's this oh is one of my favorite songs so
1: good
3: the whole soundtrack is so damn catchy yeah the lyrics though are are just so well written they're so clever uh as far as musicals go this is this is pretty high ranking for me
1: Danny Elfman said this was probably the easiest thing he's ever written the songs were written before the (laughs) script before you know all of that like Danny Elfman was about this like he's like yeah injected into my veins I'll just write it Um, (laughs) when you think about his
5: background and Mm -hmm. where he came from before he started doing movie scores that makes sense if people don't know Danny Elfman was the lead singer and the guitarist for Oingo Boingo which is an 80s new wave band Mm -hmm. and you probably hear them every Halloween on Halloween party playlists where they they have dead man's party which is their big hit so yeah. like this for him is totally in his pocket but the thing i kept thinking watching this this time was like how is there not a stage musical of this because it would write yeah. brilliantly and it's like a pacing it actually is a stage musical more than it's a movie
2: oh yeah yeah
1: i agree I can see it
3: uh speaking of the soundtrack have y'all listened to the remix album they put out i think it was called right no. here revisited I didn't You don't know about this? Listed. No. Yeah, it was like I want to say for like the 15th anniversary or something, but uh it's got yeah. like like all these bands that like did like they redid all the songs basically uh you even have like marilyn manson and corn on there (laughs) that's very early
5: 2000s that's very (laughs) early 2000s very
3: on
1: brand as well (laughs)
3: absolutely look it up because like you at least need to listen to it once it's especially if you're a fan of the movie it's really interesting what they did great corn
4: I don't remember eating corn. (laughs) Corn of the (laughs) I remember that reference. Um, (laughs) There there actually apparently are several live adaptations of the film Mm. that have been performed all over different parts of the world. Uh, Because I I remember seeing images and I just did a quick search and there's one where Jack is just completely like, it's all done with face paint. Uh, But now I see another one where someone's actually wearing like the head uh, so they they have done some live uh, musical stage adaptations. Cool. I don't know I if see. I don't think it's, you know, New York, you know, on Broadway, but I it.
1: saw uh, something on YouTube that was like a live action thing maybe that was one of them a the guy was dressed as jack and i i played it for about 30 seconds and I was like nope 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 that man thinks he's much better than he is and i'm like bye bye
5: he was watching oh. and he said what's
4: this <laughs> yeah i go <laughs> what's this what's this <laughs> <laughs> i'm turning the shit off what's this <laughs> exactly yes <laughs> that's great this was one of the times i mean you, you saw the amount of detail that goes into this film uh but it's much easier to see the amount of detail with christmastown because it's so dynamic with the colors yeah. uh yeah. trying to work in snow and you do you do have a certain amount of uh animation not just stop motion but um you know drawn here and there when needed but man Christmas Town was fucking amazing mm-hmm. yeah that was a cool sequence yeah. it was
5: lit both literally and figuratively
4: <laughs> yeah it's very bright yeah and, and
1: awesome. again that song is Bop, is amazing is that whole sequence is so well choreographed and creative yeah. and he pulls the light the, the the string of christmas lights and they go inside his eyes and illuminate his eyes and like as he's pulling on the string and you know it, it's just it's so well done and um and you hear, and they use the word queer in the middle of the oh, look. <laughs> oh, in here, yeah! How queer!
4: <laughs> Which, and, again, and and nowadays, like you hear that word, and you forget what it what it yeah, meant it's true. so long ago. And I and I heard, I knew it was coming because <laughs> in my mind I went, "Oh, yeah, this is when they used the word back before you know when it actually yeah. had a different meaning." Yeah,
1: he, and it, it is and it is used in its such in its purest form yes, of the meaning yes, of the right. word. Like it means nothing other than what he intends it to mean in that in that moment. It's really yeah, interesting. Exactly,
4: it's a good yeah. educational moment, truthfully, yeah. for for a, a new generation because they're going to hear it and go, "What? That tree it's is gay? True. No, no, honey, <laughs> no. That's here's a dictionary. Um, <laughs> let's educate you a little bit." Jack Skellington
5: watching walking the children through nature. Yeah, (laughs) Um, but I
3: I do love this sequence. And what's really great about this movie that really stood out to me this time is that it's so genuine. Like there's a clear love for both of these holidays and like in the purest Mm -hmm. form. And it's just it really shines. It's like it really does give you the feeling of the like the Christmas holidays. The the best version of that. I know there's kind of some negative toxicity that comes with that for some people, but like, you know, the good side of Christmas, if that makes sense.
1: Well, yeah, a running theme for Burton, too. Like you have Batman Returns, you have yes, this, you have yes. Edward Scissorhands. The like best
3: Christmas movie. He ever. goes back
1: to Christmas <laughs> a lot. And I think he finds the the alternatives to Christmas, the alternative edge to christmas the submersive subver- subversive is that the word i'm looking for yes yes, yes. Um, pieces i think you're totally to christmas and and really kind of puts them out there on display and, and really gives a christmas that is not just that he enjoys if that makes sense yeah yeah it,
5: it makes a lot of sense and i agree i that's such a great point eric that there is not an ounce of cynicism in this film that's that's what surprised me yeah i was kind of expecting it yeah.
4: So back in Halloween town, uh, no one can find Jack. They've been all over the town. They've trudged the lake. They've gone everywhere. Uh, they're losing their shit because there's only 364 days till the next Halloween, yeah. and they don't know what. That's not enough time to plan. No.
1: <laughs> 364!
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh, it stresses me out. <laughs>
4: sally then uh drugs her master because she loves to cause trouble she makes an escape because she uh because at this point jack has returned to christmastown uh on a uh a snow track mobile somehow i'm guessing he brought through a tree uh i guess
1: he he found a skidoo and
5: he
4: he
1: just plowed through that tree the tree's probably gone
5: (laughs) grand theft auto honey that's what it was yeah
4: It's my only way back to Halloween town. Here we go. Uh, So she, uh, Sally makes off to go uh, see what's going on. Jack brings back all this Christmas stuff. uh, And he's trying to convince the Halloween town to do something different, which they all seem kind of lost. They have no idea, no concept. They didn't see what he has seen. They also are still fully in love with the idea of Halloween. They haven't been become disinterested. So, Jack has to put a little bit of a twist on it and hence Sandy Claws, Uh And oh, there's an, there's a dark evil side to it. Oh, okay. Well now everybody's on board.
1: <laughs> can, can I stop there too, to talk yes. like the painstaking detail of this scene and some other scenes to come as well with the number of characters that they're handling oh, yeah, in definitely. just one scene. Even at the beginning, we didn't talk about it with the, with the fountain, but like to think about, how much manpower there must have been behind pulling that off to make sure that every item is moving in every frame. The number of animators that must've just been standing on standby to, to get the shot, move in, make your move, move out. Like there's, it it is flawless and so Mm -hmm. sophisticated. They could have been so lazy in the way that they executed that, but they executed it at such a high level of just detail that it's just like, wow. Like, not only is there not cynicism about this uh, movie and there is genuine love and affection for its subject matter, but there is such love and affection for the art form of animation from the folks animated. And I think this is one of those scenes that features that and puts that on display more so than some of the other scenes in the rest of the movie. So,
5: I'd also like to take this opportunity to talk about something that struck me as an adult watching this, the residents of Halloween town in that town hall, are incredibly professional and respectful and I don't know if you've watched any town hall or school board meetings in the last five or so years but like these are actual monsters and they're very respectful and there isn't um, a boo among them and they're being educated and they're just like okay that's so interesting and like you go watch like C-SPAN or like your local towns like like, it's a mess out there so Mm -hmm. good for you
1: Halloween Town. They would be rejecting this rejecting no change absolutely not but Make Halloween Town great again. Yeah. I do
3: love how they, they kind of embrace the idea. You know, it's totally foreign to them. They have no context for it, but they're like, yeah, sure. I'm on board.
4: Yeah. When, once like once them. Jack gets them, Jack knows how he, he knows. I don't think he's necessarily manipulating them, but he knows. He's like, look, I, I'm going to give them what he's they want. So here we go.
1: Yep. Give them what they want, Daddy Jack. Give them what they want. Big, dick
5: <laughs> energy, like I said. Yep.
3: I honestly Big. don't know why uh, he's not the mayor. There, right? There's a line that the mayor says where he says, uh, I'm only an elected official. I can't make decisions yeah. by myself. Yeah. And it's the best freaking line and it's so true, like th- yep. that's usually what we end up with. Look at Congress like, This is the kind of guy. Right. Like all of, like Congress. all of Congress.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
4: Sorry, that's a Mars attacks reference, everybody. <laughs> that was a good one. Yeah. I understood that reference. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Listen to our previous episode. Uh, <laughs> Jack then begins doing all of his research with uh, all these Christmas stories that he um, get, he must have stolen from Christmastown as well when he grabbed everything. Reading them profusely, he then begins his scientific experiments, uh, candy canes, snowflakes, stuffed bears and the like. Uh, Sally, after escaping Dr. Finkelstein, because um, she's been a bad girl, has been locked away in a room. Uh, for knocking out her master for the last time but you know what she's gonna figure out how to get out there anyways because she's she's a little scamp sally has at this point broken out um where we learn that she can leap from a window completely fall apart and stitch herself back together
3: that mm-hmm. scene was surprisingly dark yeah for a kids movie yeah. especially the way they filmed it yep. like wow can't but believe she's they got happy. away with that
4: but she's happy but, and smiling not a care in the world right <laughs> uh, like it didn't hurt her at all she's just like all right off she goes
5: home you know wizard what? sally that's all i have right. to say not only can she make a mean soup she can also stitch herself back together
1: <laughs> you know eric Good slater power. i don't think i ever thought about it until you just said that <laughs> if i'm honest <laughs> like it's just something i accepted as a reality of this picture and I don't know. It's that's strange. Like, it never really dawned on me. Like, yeah, that is pretty fucking dark. Well, mm. she,
3: the, the way they show it, and then there's like that pause, and then the guys like look over and she's still for a second. And it's like, whoa. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Also, I uh, just, I read it differently as an adult.
5: <laughs> let's talk about the fact Halloween Town has a live jazz trio playing on its streets. Mm-hmm. Like, how Parisian. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's very chic. No, it's okay. Um, pretty awesome, yeah. um, but the other thing I was going to say is it's important to the plot to point out here that Sally keeps escaping not only because Dr. Finkelstein's the worst, but also because yeah. she has visions that which she sees Jack's plan for bringing Christmas to Halloween Town ending in disaster and flames. And so she keeps trying to tell Jack, please don't do this. This is a bad <laughs> idea. Mm-hmm. So that's why she keeps repeatedly. She's not just a stalker. She's a stalker yeah. who can see the future. With a purpose, yeah. yes. Definitely. And
4: she, I, I think she gets the first one after she delivers this basket to Jack, right? That's when she sees the Christmas tree, and it ignites on fire. I believe
1: that's right after. Yeah. That's right after that part where he. Yep.
4: That's where I I made the note to if she has the shining. Yes.
1: Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
3: Well said.
4: Shine on, Sally.
3: <laughs> I gotta point this one scene out before we get any further we have this whole sequence like a montage where Jack's trying to logic his way through figuring out what Christmas is. Yep. And it's the, it's the best thing ever. You know, yeah. uh, he, he approaches it like a science problem. Mm-hmm. And I, I got, I laughed out loud during this scene, watching it this time. Uh, it was just great. Cause he's like, what, what does this mean? Cause like, it's so funny. Cause so much of this stuff doesn't actually have like an inherent meaning with what the holiday is, but it's like, it's kind of become part of it. And it's just funny because he's trying to figure out, like, what's the meaning?
1: Yeah, there's nothing tangible there. It's 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 a feeling. It's an emotion. And he doesn't get that. And um, exactly. It's really that is a very cool sequence as well. Um, Well, I would agree with that. The song is great. Profound. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the lyrics phenomenal. Like, it's just so well written. definitely
5: and there's a great point to be made that like if you're completely uninitiated if you're the martian we're using mars attacks again that shows up on earth and someone's like welcome to christmas here is a dead tree that i have in my room for (laughs) the next month i'm going to cover it with this terrible thing like glitter that gets everywhere Everywhere. here is a stuffed bear why i don't know it's there like none of it actually makes sense so it's all actually very like it, it I loved that he was trying to explain something that is ultimately inexplicable. Yes. <laughs>
4: but by, by his understanding of life, yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: Here's the, here's my TV hanging on my wall that I'm going to play a fireplace on for eight hours today. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. exactly.
5: Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Do you have opinions about pop culture? Are you looking for the best in movies, music, and TV? Then you should be listening to the Great Pop Culture Debate Podcast. Each episode tackles an entertainment topic like Best 90s Soundtrack, Best TV Mom, Best Movie Musical, and so much more. Our smart, funny panelists share compelling arguments while you play along at home via listener brackets. It's interactive, educational, and hilarious. Listen now to dozens of topics and subscribe today so you don't miss what's next. And remember, everyone is entitled to their wrong opinion.
0: If you're a fan of this podcast
4: and want to see it continue,
3: help support us on Patreon, where you can unlock tons of exclusive content, including, but not limited to,
4: movie commentaries,
3: ad-free versions of our promo specials,
2: extended cuts,
3: early access to new episodes, behind-the-scenes clips,
4: first access to merchandise, blooper reels, and even a chance to vote on what we cover next on our Podcasters Disassembled episodes. Just head
3: right on over to Patreon.com slash Podcasters Assemble.
1: That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com forward slash Podcasters Assemble.
4: Link in the show notes. So Jack Jack finally finds the answer to his now mundane life, and that is to take over Christmas. And make it theirs. So now, not only does he have the town behind him and interested, he starts commissioning the residents to do all sorts of different tasks to prepare for Christmas. Uh, And this is where we first meet Lock, Stock, and Barrel, uh, Oogie's boys, which the mayor is, this is where we first, we did see Oogie earlier animated at the opening scene.
0: We haven't actually
4: met him yet, but the mayor is scared of Oogie uh, and Who Jack- wouldn't be? Yeah.
3: He's made out of bugs. It's mm-hmm. <laughs> disturbing. Which we'll
4: get to later. Uh, <laughs> speaking <Spoilers>. of <laughs> 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 Mr. McConnell. Oh, oh! Who knew that Nightmare Before Christmas was political? I oh, didn't political. realize that.
1: It's true. Well, there's appropriation going on right now. <laughs> <there. Yeah>. Appropriations <laughs> committee. Uh, oh, they're they uh,
5: basically giving people work progress administration jobs. Like it actually is. It's the New Deal, folks. That's what's yeah. going on here. Oh man, that's a good read on this movie. <laughs>
4: yep. And the the exits we take while talking.
2: <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, Sorry,
4: Jack Zach. Jack sends uh, the the Oogie crew out to get Santa Claus. Uh, tells them where the grove is and bring Santa back to Halloween town. Um, then we learn that Lock, Stock and Barrel are, you know, they're going to double cross Jack because they're Oogie's boys and they're going to uh, let Boogie in on the plan, uh, which we then see. Again, we don't fully get to see Oogie Boogie, but we're starting to learn that he's a he's a dangerous individual.
5: Another banger song, by the way, The mm-hmm. Kidnap the Sandy Claws is a great song. Yes. Oh, yeah. And I love the fact the design of those characters is so good. Like they're. Traditional Halloween costumes that children would wear. One is a skeleton, one is a witch, one is a devil, and they remove their masks. And their faces the exact same thing. Pretty like, much, nothing's different. Yeah, that's such a. And they're legit thing.
3: terrifying. Yeah, they're, like like it creeps me out to this day.
5: They're great stooges too. Like, yes, they mm-hmm. kidnap the wrong person first, but they kidnap someone and yes. then they go and kidnap a second person. Like, I can't get my Could niece you, and nephew honey? to get me a thing of ramen out of the cupboard, so I'm like, look at these children. Do they live in Arkansas? They're being put to work. (laughs)
4: that's a good point we uh we also get a fun little homage uh to beetlejuice with the tiny black and white snakes in the dye uh let's see jack uh jack finds sally when she comes down with the rest of the um the residents and she as eric was saying she's trying to say look something bad's gonna happen jack i've got this feeling it's gonna be a disaster and he's just saying no you just don't get it it's gonna be fine it'll be great i just need my suit and he he thinks she's talking about the suit she's talking about everything she's doing uh lock stock and barrel show back up this is where i think they have the easter bunny yes the, the first time yeah Bunny. Uh, bunny. <laughs> great. scare the shit out of the easter bunny, <laughs> easter bunny. Uh, and then we get to see jack be scary enough to that um lock stock and barrel who were fighting at the time go oh shit jack jack means business all right we better we better listen um he tells him look go return the bunny he apologizes to the easter bunny <laughs> yes do Very you think difficult. they, do you think they actually returned the Easter bunny? No, no, absolutely. No, not they not, ate that ate went that down Easter the bunny. pipe to Oogie Boogie. That's right. <laughs> yeah. When I was a kid, I was like, oh, that's nice. They returned. A... I, I didn't get that feeling as an adult. I went, yeah. oh, I I think they brought him to Oogie. I
3: always kind of figured that they maybe put him like in one, in the wrong place. Like they put him back in like St. Patrick's town or something. Fourth of, a... town. Yeah. Fourth of yeah. July
5: town. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> and with the Tooth Easter bunny gone. Tooth Fairyland. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, with the Easter bunny gone, then Jesus can really take back over Easter. You know, the, the power <laughs> dynamic there is it's fundamentally changed.
3: <laughs> oh man, that's great.
4: <laughs> uh, now, now we have another banger with the Halloween town begin to make Christmas. They are, they are making Christmas, which I remember from the trailer. Uh, another, every song is just awesome in this movie. Um, finally, we, we see that the Yogi boys have grabbed Santa. They're bringing him back to Jack, uh, who finally noticed that San- Sandy Claus doesn't have claws at all. He has hands. And then he says, you know what? This hat is what I need. That's what's missing of everything going on. I need your hat.
5: Accessorizing is what separates us from the animals. So, yeah. well. <laughs>
4: Santa is then brought to uh, to Oogie, uh, although Jack says, no, no, keep him comfortable. And again, Oogie's boys are serving Oogie, so they get him down into Oogie's Sanctum Dungeon. I don't know. What we're roulette room? Casino? Ooh. Casino? EDSM yeah, casino. Oh, <laughs> yes. club? It's uh, the cruise ship casino. Yeah.
1: right? It's about slash... as and dingy as it comes. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
3: It's so, that and also uh, like like one of those like 90s, like arcades, you know, uh, mm-hmm. what was it laser tag? We get that's some really cool in.
4: black light uh, during the song, which is yeah, very that's, the, nice.
1: that's like the laser tag. Yeah. Yep. Yeah.
4: yeah. <laughs> uh, then back in Halloween town, Jack is getting ready to leave, but uh, Sally is determined to stop him. So she takes the the fog, fog juice or fog, whatever, yep. pours it into the fountain and then, oh, we can't take off. It's the plot of Rudolph. We can't see anything in front of our face, mm-hmm. but zero. The trusty dog arrives with who has, who has a glowing pumpkin on his snout, and he's able to lead the team. And off they go. Sally is just sitting there hoping that her premonition was wrong, and then professes her love to Jack uh, in a, a lovely slow song. Because all the yeah. songs really so far, oh, most yeah. of them have been very upbeat, very. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Entertaining up tempo for the kids.
1: Yeah. Uh, Accompanied by the jazz band in the street. (laughs) Yeah.
5: Yeah. Again, very appreciative. Bob, you might know this because you're a a Disney person. Um, Is Zero a reference to Frankenweenie, Burton's Frankenweenie? Oh, Um,
4: that's
1: a great question and i don't know what, what were you gonna say zach
4: so that's what i'm gonna touch on later if you oh, want to hold, that, oh,
1: thought, oh, hold that thought
4: hold that <laughs> thought. we're gonna get to oh, that oh in geez, about
1: oh geez oh geez
4: <laughs> so then jack begins delivering all of the halloween towns versions of christmas uh presents which uh we saw a bunch being made during making christmas I love the creativity. I love the Halloween. And I think some of the Halloween town residents are going, this is what they want. This is legit. This is great (laughs) because they think Halloween town. They want this stuff. Also not realizing, I think some of these things may kill some humans.
1: Yeah, Yeah. It, it is a laugh right yes. sequence. it is just escalating laughs from beginning, beginning to end probably one of the funniest sequences in in almost any movie right it is just it's so great. funny and creative and and like when that kid pulls that shrunken head beetlejuice reference pulls that <laughs> yes. shrunken head out of that box with his parents there with the look on his face it is it is priceless. It Vincent priceless another <laughs> <little phrase. laughs> there you It is it is priceless. Um like it is just so funny and so creative and
4: fun.
3: And so much trauma. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
4: These kids need so much so much therapy. We've got an evil wreath that's killing an old lady. Uh we've got flying vampire dolls, evil ducks, evil jack uh, jack-o'-lanterns chasing poor overweight kids with rugs slipping out from under them. Um, <laughs> that that kid. That's right.
5: I, s- I saw myself in that scene. Very, very yeah.
4: <laughs> the funniest part that makes me laugh out loud every time is when this giant snake is eating the Christmas tree and that little kid is letting out the most high-pitched scream you've ever heard, just losing his fucking mind. I can't help but laugh every time. And I feel awful because I'm going, that kid is so traumatized right
1: now. Speaking of eating the Christmas tree, I believe it is the aluminum Christmas tree that the snake is eating. Which I think oh. is an another incredible deep cut, deep cut to the seventies of like, remember aluminum Christmas trees where you had this weird box on the floor that like just shined a light that rotated onto the tree. <laughs> it was just this weird aluminum Christmas tree. Like that was a thing. The seventies yeah. were wild.
5: Sixties <laughs> and fifties. Yeah, it, it was. Sure.
4: It was earlier. They make reference to that in um in the Charlie Brown Christmas uh, oh, special because yeah, yeah, they yeah. still have wow. the metal aluminum trees there.
1: Growing, growing up, when I'd go to the attic to get like Christmas stuff out of the attic, we had an aluminum Christmas tree in the attic, and I would one when I found it, I go to my parents, I'm like, "What is this?" And they're like, "Well, that's an an aluminum Christmas tree." I'm like, "Why do you have this? Like, do you ever put this up or whatever?" They're like, "Oh yeah, the previous owners just left that in the house. (laughs) They didn't want that, (laughs) so they're like, we never put it up."
5: Do they still have it, Bob?
1: It's probably still up there.
5: Do you know what I would do for an authentic 1950s aluminum Christmas tree? The kitsch value alone. Like <laughs> I'll, I'll ask my mother.
1: I'll ask yeah. my mother and see. Perfect. Um, neither one of them can go up in the attic anymore to go check. I'm going to have to check the next time I'm there, but yeah. perfect.
4: So at this point the police who have been getting more and more phone calls are now figuring out uh, that Jack somebody is impersonating Santa, so what do you do? You scramble the military. Yeah. We're going to go take out Santa or the fake Santa.
3: The air raid sirens. Yeah. Like that whole <laughs> sequence is so amazing. It so, feels like an alien invasion movie. I feel like this is the moment where Burden was like, okay, I need to make Mars attacks. Mars now. attacks, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> Look, they took Artillery away Christmas. We're, yeah. we're
4: taking this SOB out. Today
1: they celebrate their Christmas day.
4: (laughs) (laughs) So Sally sees this. She rushes off going, I got to get Santa. He's the only one who can save it. Uh, And she almost rescues him. But she is discovered by Oogie Boogie. Uh, Jack is continuing to fly around. He's eventually shot down by the military. And everyone thinks that he's killed. I don't know. How they thought you can kill the undead. I don't know the rules, uh, but they thought the they- man
1: was on fire at the beginning <laughs> of this of this
4: movie. <laughs> I know, true. <laughs> <Like, Screw. laughs> so the police then report that the imposter has been shot down. Uh, Christmas may be canceled without Santa. Jack begins to question everything that he has done. How bad he has messed up Christmas, but he is now inspired for next Halloween. He now has some great ideas, and he's. Not ready to give up. So
3: all about that silver lining.
4: Yes. Also, not only can uh, trees transport you, uh, apparently sepultures can transport you because he he runs down into a sepulcher and then he pops up from another one out near Halloween town. So he somehow transported himself back to Halloween town that way. Uh, but I, they have to go into the real world every Halloween every way, anyway, so I'm sure they know how to do that.
1: So I guess they don't use the tree. There is no trees to the real world. The real world access is something other than trees. Oh,
3: Yeah, the trees are in a different realm entirely, right?
1: Is that because that's saying? the real world. So there's no hmm. in the real world. I guess that would mean that there's no access to the trees. Hmm.
5: Maybe that, the trees were the friends we made along
1: the way. maybe so uh, whatever that's a tangent whatever
4: (laughs) (laughs) so back in Halloween Town Oogie's going to I guess he's going to melt Santa and Sally because he wants to eat them
2: Uh,
3: which
4: uh, yes, because he inhaled bugs and probably an Easter bunny, we're assuming. Yeah. Uh, but he, uh, we don't know. <laughs> oh, Definitely. So he's got lava and a giant stirring thing. Jack shows up uh, to rescue Santa and uh, fight Oogie, which Oogie is is afraid of Jack. So Jack's got some swagger. He's got that big bone energy. That's what I'm saying. Let's see. Then Oogie's costume becomes ripped uh, and we find out that he is just a bunch of bugs. So the final bug as everything's falling down into lava and melting in the in the little bug that keeps screaming before it's squished by santa was that the queen bug are they a hive mind how did Oogie start are they the borg hmm. they... yeah
5: <laughs> I mean, a good they... question he eats
4: bugs earlier yeah. in the
5: film like the kids So he's like a yeah he's like but, a, yeah. like the borg like so he did, assimilates
4: that did he start a as point. a pillow? Sack you know or the 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 hat from Harry Potter Wait. that tells you where the fuck to sit, you know yeah. that one <laughs> <laughs> so you're saying
3: did he start as the sack before the bugs entered him, or did he start as a bug? And took on the sack as his. <laughs> My <laughs> God! Oh God really... There was so much I I said That out loud. <laughs> just... There's a lot to
4: unpack there. I'm just gonna. Uh, let's just unpack the sack. It'll be fine. Never mind. Let's, let's unpack move on. that sack. Uh... <laughs>
1: Oh, you have homosexuals on the pod. So. I know <laughs>
5: You can't throw sack and bone at me and not expect me to take a swing. I'm sorry. That's just not gonna nah, it's happen. That's
3: understandable. Yeah, it happens.
4: Um, but I love this, this episode. B- <laughs> I really do. I love you guys. Thank you Great. so much for being I'm here. Uh,
3: we need to get you on more. Um this whole scene though is so disturbing. Like even today, like it's it's gross. It's real gross. It's a lot of bugs. There's some Serious body horror kind of
1: stuff going on. too. Mm. So if we can pause again too to talk about who steps on that bug. It's oh, Santa yeah. Claus it's Santa. with his very dainty foot. Very the dainty. Man, ah, the man the can do drag if he wants to. Absolutely. He can have any shoe that he wants. Yeah. <laughs> and like, also
5: mama we saw santa's bloomers in that scene and i was not ready for it i was like does that mean santa canonically does not wear pants in this universe because he's just out there in a robe and his underpants and i was like hide your shame santa
4: we saw that when they shoved him down the pipe with a pitchfork and a plunger and i was like oh no
3: He's got a 24 hour shift ahead of him, right? Slack, like, I'd be, I wouldn't go to work
1: with pants on either. He's just out there. He's just out there delivering presents, free balling it. <laughs> like, Stopping yeah. by Wawa, getting filled up. Oh man,
5: this the is scandal
4: waiting to happen. Anyway. Yeah.
5: What a king. Yeah.
4: After Santa crosses the line of becoming a murderer, apparently, yep. uh, <laughs> he does the next best thing and takes off to save Christmas at lightning speed. He's right. taking away all the Halloween presents. He's uh, giving out, out the actual Christmas presents. Um, Jack and Sally uh, are rescued by the mayor and Boogie's boys, who apparently have had to change a heart. Um, And then throughout the montage, Santa uh, fixes everything, um, all the damage that Jack has caused. And then we see Santa flying over Halloween town, causing it to snow. And we get a reprise of what's this? And this is Halloween together. Mm hmm. We learn that the Doctor has replaced Sally with his new creation that we saw him kind of working on earlier. Uh, Jack then follows Sally to the graveyard where they finally get to profess their feelings for one another. And the end of the film.
3: Oh. Oh that was an a, awesome ending
5: a thought i had while watching it this time is so we've we've acknowledged that the children of the world are deeply traumatized by what has happened right oh, yes. yes do you think at one point the parents were like having conversations like what if we don't let christmas happen this year like what if we take this opportunity <laughs> and be like this is because you were bad like every child <laughs> was so naughty like it's some Krampus realness right like yeah. and like maybe but then you imagine those children growing up and being adults themselves. Can you imagine what it would be like? Like when I was seven years old, this terrifying ghoul came and dropped off like vampire dolls that were trying to kill me.
1: <laughs> What's happening this and I, Christmas? <laughs> and I think there's oh, another man. lesson or or something to take away is that yes, these children's childrens, these childrens, these children <laughs> had had a trauma, yeah. and as somebody who grew. Who? Yeah. <laughs> yes, this one. As, as somebody who g- grew up, grew up through the '80s, trauma was integral to my growth and development as a human being. Absolutely, yeah. Absolutely. The that I saw. That is labor- or, um, never-ending story. Our attacks oh. in the swamp. It's our attacks like we you, touched you, upon you, that one. Yeah. Yeah, like you <laughs> needed to. You need to have that trauma. It builds character. It, hey, it does. how have does. Enough and trauma you know? for our children today. Kids these days. Zach. <laughs> you have some young children. You're a you're you're a second new dad again for a second time. Yep.
4: So trauma. Ties, though. Oh, oh yeah. Don't worry. They'll they'll be, it they'll just be happens seeing, naturally <laughs> they'll be seeing all the films. Yeah, all right, you're old enough to cry. Here you go.
5: What about a giant <laughs> snake on the Christmas tree? I'm just saying, you know, it's the reason for the season.
4: <laughs> it, it I learned I like this that. from an animated film. Yeah. It yeah. fits right in. Yep. Uh so. It is a musical. It is a kids' movie. What do you? Can you pick a favorite song from oh, from the movie, man. Bob? Do do you have one? I think it's the, and I wish
1: I knew the name of the song, but it is the, um, the one where Jack is in his tower and trying the one that Eric had brought up earlier and trying right. to calculate and figure out what Christmas is like. It's I think just it's too. called
4: Jack's Lament.
1: Yes, that's correct, Jack's Lament. Mm. Um I just. It's it's unlike a lot of the other songs in the movie. It's it's the melody is just very um, unorthodox. It's strange. It's not it's not just a, a catchy bop, but it and, and the lyrics are just so well written. And the and the story in that portion is just so interesting. Um, and it's it's just a really great character development moment for our character in an animated feature film, right? Like with such mm-hmm. with such great talent and words and just you know character development for for a, a stick figure um,
3: honest yeah I, I, to build off of that i feel like like it almost feels like a shakespearean monologue yeah <laughs> like with modern writing it's the kind yeah. of you know like
1: yeah it's like and it's not something you can really hum along to i mean i was i guess singing it in my bathroom earlier when i was brushing my teeth but <laughs> like anyway
4: uh eric what about you which, Eric? Which one? Er, Resniak, sorry.
5: Ah. <laughs> um, so for me, um, we're currently working, I'm currently working on our Bestly Miserable song episode right now. Ooh. And one of the things I was talking about in Ooh. my script for that is I love a campy villain song. And I think Oogie Boogie's song is... Perfect. It is fun. It is sassy. Um, He's such a delicious little bitch in it. And um, (laughs) I just live. And it's also from a filmmaking perspective, that scene is super impressive. Like the whole movie is impressive, but like the angles and the, -hmm. it it feels very automatic, but you know, it's all like hand built. It's beautifully done. And that whole song and that sequence when he's just feeling his oats, it's very Ursula Poor Unfortunate Souls. And that's Mm. 100% my aesthetic so that that's the one for me it
3: was really good yeah other eric i I, it's got to be the christmas town one christmas land christmas what's this what's this what's this what's this this? that's the one what's this what's this it's your favorite song (laughs) (laughs) it's just it's so good like it's it really gets stuck in your head you know um in a good way like not like the kind that will drive you insane but
4: dig it for me it's it is a toss-up between oogie boogie or what's this and it's and they're for different reasons Mm. to me they're both very aesthetically pleasing to watch they both sound really visually they're both stunning for different reasons um but they're both very they're very fun to listen to uh for again two totally different reasons um what's this is more of a kind of a a happy sing-along but Oogie Boogie is is like in the Little Mermaid with Ursula, like you know, it it draws you in. Uh, I don't know which one I'd go with. I probably what's this? Just because I sing that more <laughs> in my mm-hmm. head than the Oogie Boogie song. Yeah, um, you can
1: apply it to every light, everyday life too. Yeah. What's this? What's mm-hmm. this?
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a little harder to kind of apply the other one.
4: <laughs> but I do find myself now uh, like also it. just He's doing ra- laundry. Sorry, (laughs) randomly singing about kidnapping Sandy Claus. That's always fun. Mm -hmm. And all the shit that I'm going to bring, how we're going to blow them up, how I'm going to capture them. Yeah, that's good. (laughs) So uh, one of the things I wanted to touch on, and Eric, you started to tease this earlier. There is a fan theory of how Nightmare Before Christmas is the third film of a trilogy where the story starts with Frank and Weenie continues with Corpse Bride and ends with The Nightmare Before Christmas. And that the, I have not seen oh. Frank and Weenie or Corpse Bride, so I only know what I've read. But the basic idea, and you, you, have you guys seen the other two films?
3: Yes. I've seen Corpse Bride. I've I seen, seen
5: Frank, Frank, Frank and Weenie, Weenie. I haven't seen Corpse okay. Bride. Okay.
4: And are so, we are we referring to... The
1: short Frankenweenie, or are we referring to the feature Frankenweenie? Frank
4: I didn't know that there's a difference. All I, I just delved down the rabbit hole that I accidentally yeah. found that spoke... Sure. This is what I found. Um, the lineup that they were going with was that the, the boy and the dog from Frankenweenie mm-hmm. um, continue... Frankenweenie, I guess, perishes at some point or mm-hmm. is brought back, so mm-hmm. on and so forth. It continues... <laughs> yeah the storyline continues within the corpse bride where the boy is now grown up to and changes his name for traumatic reasons to the main character of corpse bride. Um, But because of his connection with Frank and weenie being dead and coming back was somehow tied into the corpse bride and his connection with her, but his real wife that he wanted to get back to. And then after a long life, when that character dies because of his connection to the afterlife through Corpse Bride, he is naturally resurrected as Jack Skellington in Halloween Town and that Frankenweenie has continued with him through the other movies and is zero in The Nightmare Before Christmas. Without seeing the other films, I don't know the names. I don't remember anything. I just remember going down this rabbit hole going i bet it's a stretch but it's kind of like pixar where a right, lot yeah. of shit's connected yeah. uh you know I like, like that. M- you know the ants you know are in the same place that with the trailer that's abandoned that the uh the gecko from monsters inc gets dropped into mm. You know, shit like that yeah totally. what what do you what do you guys think if you, you've it's, seen the film so is that yeah. is that a stretch is it just more of a fan theory is it fun what is it
1: I don't think it's a stretch. I but also think it's probably just a fan theory and just is a lot of fun to think about. I it's interesting because there is the Frankenweenie Weenie short, which is from the eighties. It stars um Bastion Barrett Oliver from from Neverending Story. Um because oh, okay. it is not a stop motion. And it's a short. Um and it's got, yeah, like, it's got like a yeah. McKenzie dog in it. This okay, um, so this
4: was just the Tim Burton stop animation films. Yep. So
1: that that, that's what that was they were going with. He went back to Frank and Weenie later to make it the full feature length stop mm. motion, which is interesting because Nightmare Corpse Bride Frankenweenie is the order of the films mm-hmm. that they made, but yeah. you're you're saying that it's backwards from a timeline perspective? That, that right? was
4: that was the theory that I was reading.
1: Yeah. I yeah, really like um, that. But Frank and Weenie, just a sidebar quick, Frank and Weenie is a great movie, too. The, the, the Well, both of them are, but the stop motion is really, in, really, really fun. The characters in it are great. And the lighting style that they choose in there, I can't even describe it. But it's just so harsh from a lighting style um, that's just so interesting to look at. I, I highly recommend that movie as well. So I'm not a big Corpse Bride fan, but that's just me. Sorry, go ahead, Eric.
5: No, I was going to say Frank and Weenie. I think, was Burton's original passion project. Like, that was his first original property that he was trying, because he was an animator at Disney. He worked on Fox and the Hound, I know, and a couple other. And I think, like, this was the movie he was trying to actually get made before he got picked up for Pee Wee. Um, And so for him, I think once he actually found success, he went back to it because he's like, this was my original baby, and I really want to see this completely brought to fruition in the way that I envisioned it.
3: Yeah. So I haven't seen Frank and Weenie yet. I actually I really need to watch it. I'm a huge Frankenstein fan. Like I love the original and I've read the book and all that. So it's weird that I haven't seen that movie yet. <laughs> um, but the theory kind of makes sense. I don't know about the timeline, you know, because I feel like Corpse Bride's more of a period piece. But like there's there's something kind of cool about that because it's like, you know, boyhood, adulthood, after death like i, I kind of like that you know trilogy idea there thematically
1: at least that's really cool you do raise a good point about the period piece mm-hmm. aspect of Corpse. yeah Black, to, <laughs> so i don't to, know about to debunk the that theory yep yeah. or maybe they were just really past life could
3: and, be a past yeah, life and yeah so it's out of order True. yeah
4: <laughs> time is secular right circular secular. circular Sec- secular 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 <laughs>
1: jeremy baramy i don't know i mean <laughs> uh,
3: if we want to get technical according to some theoretical physicists uh time doesn't actually exist it's just our perceptions of it so
2: so
3: we we touched I to
4: on I, we touched on earlier how um you know a sequel disney wanted a sequel um Back in February of 2019, uh, apparently it, it, there were reports of a Nightmare Before Christmas film. Uh, Disney be, it was considering either a sequel or a live-action remake, as they do. Oh. Um, Chris Sarandon has expressed interest in reprising his role if Jack Skellington is ever in a sequel film, if it ever materializes. But uh, back in February of 2021, Disney Publishing actually did produce a sequel. Uh, it's in the form of a young adult novel. It was released as Long Live the Pumpkin Queen, written by uh, Shia Earnshaw. It features Sally as a main character, told from wow. her point of view, with the event taking place after the film, and the book was released in August of 2022. So a sequel, a sequel technically That's does exist reason. in book form. If anybody wants to read it, Long Live the Pumpkin Queen.
1: Yeah, I, I think that makes sense. That's how I would I would be accepting of of a continuation of this property. There is a within the last six months, maybe the last twelve months, there has been a comic series that um was launched as well. I think Dynamite was the was the publisher that put that out, if I'm not mistaken. But there was definitely a comic series um for this property as well. Um, I don't need another movie. Um, I think the movie is perfect as it is and doesn't. I some, not everything needs a sequel, people. Not everything needs to franchise.
4: Right. No, yep, there it is. Uh, J- July of this year, Disney was partnering with Dynamite, publishing the new comic series based upon the film. I have yep. to say,
5: the idea of following Sally makes a lot of sense. Sally's the only person in Halloween Town who actually... Knows what's going on and has yeah. a brain. Like it is a little messed up that the gal who threw herself out the window is the voice of reason, and right. yet she very much is. Like she's going to be like, maybe this is not a great idea. Like
4: <laughs> she knew she'd be fine.
5: Yeah, she'd be
4: fine. Uh, well, as, before we fully wrap up, um, what uh, do you have? Any other fleeting thoughts, things that you want to touch on? Anything, Eric Slater?
3: Sure, I'll start. Uh, So uh, just a couple things real quick. The final scene is is great. All the snow over Halloween town, the Mm -hmm. icicles off of the spiral mountain in the graveyard. The you know, it's just chef's kiss. So good. Um, Just visually. But the other thing I really need to shout out is the guy who plays Santa Claus did such an amazing job like this is my Santa Claus. Like he he nailed it. (laughs) Uh, Just quintessential
5: Santa. Yeah, he's perfect for that role. He's brusque, but also like he's a mensch, right? Like at the end, he's, yeah, he's yeah, super yeah. nice and he doesn't have any <laughs> reason to be because Jack has really fucked up his shit.
1: Yeah, it's the exactly. voice, and he is the voice that it's not Patrick Stewart in the actual film. He yes. is the voice of the narration at the beginning. Uh, yeah, well. that you hear oh, it, oh, it. it is yeah, Santa okay. narrating. Ed
4: Ivory, beginning. I think. That's what Ed Ivory yep. it was. Yep. Uh, what about you, Eric Resniak?
5: Um, one of the things I would say, if you, if you like this movie and you have not watched it on Netflix, there's a series called The Movies That Made Us, and they do have an episode devoted to this film. It's really interesting. You get to see the behind the scenes, how they actually made it. We talked about how there's not a lot of stop animation done. And when you're watching that, you understand why that is, because it takes four ever to do these types of films properly i want to say it was like eight plus months possibly longer that they were on the soundstage making this film and my recollection i haven't watched it since it came out which was during the pandemic um was that like burton himself was on the ground maybe two days of the entire shoot basically was Selleck running the show burton gave him the idea it was his concept uh and sellick really ran with it but um it was uh, if you like the movie and you haven't watched it, i strongly recommend checking it out
1: yeah to supplement that piece because i watched that episode too eric um he was busy we didn't mention this at the beginning he was busy doing batman returns and that's why he was not directing this film um we didn't touch on that at the very beginning um But yes, he was there maybe once or twice throughout the whole production, but he pretty much did like video calls. As soon as he would rap on Batman for the day, he was on, he was on the phone through video calls with, with Henry Selleck. What did you work on today? What did we do? Like all of those things. So like he was, his hands are very much all over this. When we did our best Tim Burton episode, our debate for the pop, great pop culture debate. um, When we did that episode, I, I, it was a, a topic that I wanted to do um as as a selection so that's why we did it and i was actually arguing when we built the bracket to say does this is this a tim burton film to include on the list of tim burton films because everything else he directed right this he did not so um but we did include it in the end and in the bracket it made it made it onto the bracket and all of those things because it his fingerprints and dna are all over it you know from top to tail and um because he was so well involved in it and, you know, really, a really cool. It's a really cool story, actually, from a filmmaking perspective. It's a really fascinating story. And I recommend that episode as well. And I don't want to steal thunder, Zach, but I thought we were going to talk about this and you may still bring it up. Is
4: it a Halloween? Is it a Christmas? Is it <laughs> that that was going to be if you didn't have anything else that was going to be my my question? Was All right back Uh, over to you (laughs) over to me so the nightmare before christmas the whole film happens between halloween night the very end of halloween night and christmas eve uh that is the span of our movie and um our very first podcasters disassembled episode that we did was die hard Mm -hmm. which uh we had chris carroll from comic zombie a very good friend of eric uh, slater's uh and he loves die hard for him it's a Christmas movie it, because yeah. it happens at Christmas. It's something that he watches every year. Um, I never grew up with Die Hard. So for me, I understand the logic behind it. But for me, it's not a Christmas movie because my Christmas movie is not based upon the time. It's based upon the concept and the ideals and, and the uh, God the journey that your characters go on. And John McClane does have a journey. Um Is it dependent on Christmas? I don't think so. But this, I feel, is more of a Christmas film from my standard of just what the plot is based around. Yes, it starts at Halloween. It technically happens most of the time, happens going into Thanksgiving and then after Thanksgiving into Christmas. (laughs) Black friday. Uh, black friday and all that shenanigans and bullshit um <laughs> the but, nightmare of, of cyber monday <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean i can't get this tv <laughs> uh so for me i consider this a christmas film but i'll certainly watch it on halloween because it's being shown on halloween you know you turn on disney it's being highlighted uh free uh, you know all your freeform disney channels they feature it uh and it it is a spooky halloween themed movie that also has christmas in it uh but that's my personal opinion what about you bob
1: yeah i feel like we're on a episode of the great pop culture debate where we're (laughs) debating on whether or not this Uh, i wanted to
4: bring i wanted to bring in a taste of what you do
1: (laughs) um it is very much a personal decision, I think for the viewer to determine what this falls into. I personally think of it more as a Halloween movie based on all of the characters and most of the settings. Oh yeah. We're in Christmas town for less than five minutes total. Mm -hmm. Um, And you know, it's, it's very much Halloween characters. It's, it does end up being a nightmare for them in the end. Right. Um, It's not, um, a happy Christmas until Santa saves it in the end after squashing the bug with his tiny shoe. Um, but that, that for me, I think it's more of the Halloween, but again, to your point, you'll see it on free form for the month of October. And you probably will also see it on free form for the month of December, a month later. <laughs> yes, yeah. exactly. That's how it um, rolls. So for me, it's Halloween, but I, again, no wrong answer, I guess, because it's really a personal decision.
5: Uh, well, first, before I answer what is your Christmas movie, Zach? You kind of teed us up, but you didn't tell us what it was.
4: Oh, oh whew, goodness! I will get back to you on that. because okay. I actually have to think about what my if I have to choose a movie. Yeah. All right, I will put some thought into that.
5: Okay, fair. Um, for me, this is definitely um, it's an Arbor Day film. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> I agree with everything that Bob said. Uh, for me, it is primarily like the aesthetic of it. The vibe of this film is overwhelmingly macabre and 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 spooky um it's not that i wouldn't watch it on christmas but um for me it it definitely falls more in the halloween vein
3: so i mean is is it okay to say both because you can say what you you want buddy to me like it (laughs) (laughs) it's got all the trappings of a great halloween movie like it's definitely got that theme down but it also is absolutely about the spirit of the christmas season so it's like this perfect fusion of the two in my book. Yes, you do have more Halloween elements than Christmas elements, but Christmas is like kind of the main plot of the movie. So it really is like this in this nebulous liminal space between the two holidays. Uh, so, yeah, Thanksgiving.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> it's <a> Thanksgiving movie. <laughs> yeah. Henry Selick, I believe, will tell you that it is a Halloween movie mm. based on mm. some research that I did. Mm hmm. But what the fuck does he know? Right. (laughs) What did
5: he ever do? Yeah.
1: Right.
3: He only directed Tim Burton's Nightmare Before Christmas. (laughs) (laughs) That still cracks me up. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Uh,
4: So for me, I guess when I think back to my childhood, just what I would watch every year uh, was a Christmas story because it was always on. So I did grow up watching that. Um, I mean, there's all the little Christmas specials like I've touched on with Rankin and Bass. Those were a big part of it. I mean, even though Santa's a complete douche canoe and Rudolph, I love watching it. Terrible, the worst. He is the worst. He is awful. Um, but I think in my in my later years, um, I do look forward to Elf every year uh, after that, that's like one of those you know, Favreau, like lightning in a bottle, like was just, and Will Ferrell's t- touch and go for me. You know, mm-hmm. sometimes he's great. Sometimes like, no, I'm good. I don't semi pro can suck it, but, <laughs> but I do. I, I enjoy elf. And my, and my wife introduced me to the snowman where it's a, I think it's a German cartoon mm. and it had the only spoken dialogue is a song mm. by a small, uh, by a, a, a children's choir partway through the special as the snowman is taking the child to meet all these other snowmen from all over the world that have all been brought to life and he gets to meet sienta and gets a present um and then at the end of the special it doesn't end how you would think it's it's definitely a kind of a sadder somber ending but that's something that i also really enjoy and that's a a newer tradition that my wife introduced me to. And that was, that was one of her specials and movies that she grew up on. So um. does
5: it go midsummer Zach? Is that what happens at the end of
4: that?
1: (laughs) Or Um, do do the sprockets show up and
4: dance? (laughs) No, it's, it's a great, if, if you ever go and find, I'm sure it's online on YouTube or something. uh, The snowman, I actually I, I I lied. It does start with I think the author speaking mm-hmm. about about the book, but then the animation there is no speaking. It's just a boy, his family, a snowman and you wonder like you wonder if it's all real, was it in his head? Mm. It's it's a fun cartoon. It's based that you on a children's appreciate. book yes it is
1: yeah I think I'm familiar with that children's book now that you're saying that again so yeah the
4: book I think was back in the 70s mm. and the cartoon is made maybe in the 80s uh, I don't have that's that awesome. wiki in front of me sorry um, <laughs> to check but that out that's that's my Christmas history I guess um, so we do like to end uh, Leo at voluntary input um, back when he made us watch the car. Uh, wanted us to start rating films out of five. Yeah. So, uh, Bob, what would you rate this out of five? Five stars. No hesitation. Yeah. Five stars. No. Uh, Eric Resniak.
5: I think I would give it a four.
4: Okay. Do I have to explain my rating? Because you're (laughs) terrible. (laughs) Uh,
5: Because you're terrible, Muriel. You're terrible. Um, No, um, the reason I'm giving it a four out of five is because there are other films that I've watched that that, uh, the artistic merits of this film are terrific. It's off Mm -hmm. the charts from the artistic perspective. But in terms of the evocativeness and the... um, the flawlessness of execution in terms of pacing and everything else, I feel like it's slightly lacking compared to some other films. And if I'm going to put it on a scale, I have to give some room for something is better than this. So I give it a four out of five.
4: Okay. Uh, Eric Slater.
3: I'm very hesitant to give it five stars, but I will say I think it's a solid 4.5
4: for me. Um, I can't, I can't think what's wrong with it. I can't think off the top mm-hmm. of my head what would be better than it. Um, I'm sure there is one. There may be a a Christmas movie or a Halloween movie. I do enjoy more than it. Um, so I would be there with a four and a half or a five. I just can't think of what's better. So I, it's a great film. I love going back to it. I'll watch it, whether it's Halloween or Christmas, I'll sing along to it. I don't give a shit. This is, this is a timeless (laughs) classic that still looks amazing. You know, decades, decades later. Um, and uh people still love it rotten tomatoes 95 percent tomato meter audience score only 92 what the fuck's wrong with you that should be higher that was <laughs> i'm that guy yeah You're I, guy. I, I don't i don't think it will ever not look great yeah
1: no, I, right. I, I, I mean yeah, I yeah. Agree. when you talk about animation from a computer animation style like in how you see how that ages or just cg in mm. movies in general like CGI and all of those things, how they age so poorly, this will not age and this will always look great.
4: Do you do you know why, Bob? Because it's something that Eric and I love. Practical effects. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh absolutely. Yeah. And even even with practical effects that are decades old, still they look they look damn good.
5: Yep. yep.
3: Even when they don't look good, they look they better look than good. meh CG. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, practical effects are where it's at. Huge proponent. Well, everyone that listens to this podcast knows that by now. <laughs> <laughs> they're sick of hearing
4: it.
1: <laughs> Practically. <laughs>
4: uh, Bob and Eric, thank you so much for, for joining us for this jaunt uh, down Halloween slash Christmas during the month of October. Uh, again, let, let people know where they can find you over at the Great Pop Culture Debate. What, what is coming up? This will be wrapped up before Halloween. So what do you have uh, coming up that you'd like to plug?
5: sure so first of all you can go to greatpopculturedebate.com that's our website has all of our episodes it also has the brackets so you can actually play along with us at uh, at home so uh, you can compare your notes to what we picked and yell at us as many of our listeners do Um, we we also have polls that you can actually have a say in what we talk about next so you get to choose the topics we cover and you get to actually uh, determine what the top 32 are based on your individual polls uh, poll votes Uh, so coming up next uh, our Halloween special will be releasing it probably will be out by the time this comes out its best horror film franchise Ooh. um we are very excited about that one we have a, a two very special guest stars who are our panelists on that one they do an amazing job and um then beyond that uh season eight is currently wrapping up we'll have after that one we have best superhero film we have um Broadway best musical, Do- best 2000s broadway musical best doctor who companion in time for the 60th anniversary uh talk best- about
1: practical effects
5: talk about practice exactly uh best tv detective so all of your crime solvers and uh mipd blue and uh law and order detectives and then we go right into our holiday episodes this time we're, we're doing best macy's thanksgiving day parade balloon uh there has never been a less essential Episode of the great pop culture debate. Um, and then we are doing our best holiday album. So it's all holiday albums that have ever come out in history, full albums. And then we go into our best of 2023s in which our panelists talk about the films, albums, books, and TV shows that we loved this year.
4: All right. Uh, Mr. Slater, where where can everybody find you?
3: Uh, always at Eric Slater. That's Eric with the K, Slater with the D. Diaz and Delta, all, all over social media, X, Twitter, whatever it's called, Instagram, <laughs> you know, uh, and uh, yeah, and several different podcasts, which I'll be posting there, if that makes sense.
4: All right. Uh, you can normally find me over at Neatcast or Harassing Eric here on Podcasters Assembled and Disassembled. And um, I appreciate everybody listening. Be sure to check out uh, the Patreon uh, right. for Prince Harming uh yeah. erica Carroll, i know is one of ours uh who well, else did we have somebody
3: ryan mcpherson ryan aka frost from the super switch club and megan slater
4: oh uh we're we're also starting up the new the new uh podcasters assembled season right eric uh hit hit him hit him with the the ghibli ghibli that you know you're the smart one you you say it so we're starting up our
3: studio ghibli season uh with Uh, I want to say our Nausicaa episode should be coming out shortly after this episode, uh, but we're still taking entries for Castle in the Sky, Totoro, Spirit Away, and a whole bunch of others. So definitely check them all out over at probablywork.com where you can submit and uh, check out all our other great podcasts. Uh, So yeah, uh, if you've never been a part of the show, if you're a longtime listener and want to try it out, now's a great time to jump in.
4: So, uh, thank you so much for tuning in, uh, Eric and Bob. Enjoy the rest of your evening. Thank and, you for having us. Yes, and podcasters. Until next time, uh, d- don't don't get obsessed about Sandy claws, or you may get nabbed and sucked by an oogie. And ask, "What's this?"
5: That has happened to me so many times in my life. I cannot tell you. <laughs> <laughs> <Good God.
0: laughs> Podcasters Assemble is a production of the We Can Make This Work, Probably Podcast Network. Find more of our shows at probablywork.com and learn how to contribute to future episodes of Podcasters Assemble by looking us up on Twitter and Instagram at castersassemble. You can also help support this podcast by visiting patreon.com slash podcastersassemble. Voice over by random faceless man in front of a microphone in a basement. Goes by the first name Dave, last name Steel. That shouldn't be too hard to track down. This episode was edited by... Zach Derby. Thank you to everyone who was able to contribute to this episode, especially me. Be sure to check the show notes for links to where you can find them all online. Thank you.